Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Grains Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Grains Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. And today we have on a guest I'm very excited to chat with because I have been seeing her name pop up all over uh, beauty sources and and my buddy green stories. And, you know, I'm just so excited to chat and um, learn more about her and her practice and specifically about acne because I, I know she is a specialist in treating acne and we always get so many questions about acne. So here we are. Dr. Nana Bowache, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me. And I love listening to your podcast. So I'm really excited to be on. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to have you. And I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit better. And, you know, also, I want our audience to get to know you a little bit better. So, in the interest of that, I would love to hear your story and specifically your journey into medicine and, you know, dermatology. You know, what was it about skincare that you were so drawn to? Yeah, so it's quite interesting. So my name is Dr. Nana Boachi. I'm a board certified dermatologist and acne and aesthetic specialist. I have a brick and mortar practice in Angle Cliffs, New Jersey. And the way I got into medicine, I remember this conversation when I was six years old with my father. He asked me, so what do you want to do when you grow up? And I'm originally from Ghana. That's where I was born. And he said, I said, I want to be an artist. And he mentioned to me, well, you can only choose three things. You could be an accountant, a lawyer, or a doctor. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just be a doctor because my parents are both physicians. And as I was growing up, I was surrounded by lots and uncles and aunts who were in the healthcare field impacting individuals or communities. And so I was just like, all right, this kind of makes sense. And the way I landed on dermatology was I remember going to my mom's dermatology appointment because she had really bad adult acne. And um, so I was watching the dermatologist at the time nearby, you know, help her, her journey through resolving and uh, controlling her acne. And then come to find out that I had um, relatives in dermatology who lived in uh, Canada and she got Accutane that way and so forth. Anyway, fast forward, I wound up matching in dermatology, and I'm just so blessed to be in this field because there are actually not that many African-American dermatologists, and I'm just making a huge impact by incorporating lifestyle and holistic medicine all into dermatology. Well, I do want to dive a little bit more into the lifestyle aspect of it because I know that is such a big part of your practice. You know, I've spent some time looking into your practice and, uh, you know, in researching you, clearly you just have such a passion for educating people on the ways that lifestyle impacts people's skin. And I just, you know, I'm so curious of where that comes from and why you approach medicine in this way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I was, I have two kids, Um, they're currently uh, 13 and nine. And after my second child, I, um, it was probably three years, when she was three years old, I was like, you know what? I can't lose this weight, you know, the baby weight that I acquired during pregnancy. You know, I'm going to the gym three times a week. I'm eating all the right foods. Well, I thought I was eating all the right foods. And so I actually, you know, went to an expert, a weight loss expert, and she said, it's all about nutrition. That is 90% of weight loss. And then the rest is obviously the physical activity. 
So through those four hours of education about learning about sugar and learning about processed foods and fast foods and what that does to your body, I was able to shed 15 pounds and then also been able to sustain it for the over the past six years now, because my daughter Stella is now nine years old. And because of that education, I've been able to teach my patients little tips here and there. And I realized that their um, weight loss, they've been able to lose weight. They've been also to, they also feel confident in their skin. And then their lifestyle has improved and their acne has even improved. So I just feel that when it comes to a lot of these chronic inflammatory conditions that we see in dermatology, and I'm speaking about acne, eczema, psoriasis, a lot of it has to do with lifestyle. So, and that's what medicine is about. It's not just about taking a gummy or a pill or, and that's it. It's really about putting the work in, you know, changing your lifestyle and then adding a little bit of some medicine and that's how to live a healthy life. Do you find that people are susceptible or that they're open-minded to this idea um, and that they're eager to embrace this? Because, you know, I do feel that for a long time, people did approach dermatology um, in this way that it was very prescriptive. It relied, you know, very much on, you know, just use this topical, take this medication, and that's all we're going to talk about. You know, so how has that um, shift in dermatology been like? Sure. You know, I always say that when it comes to your physician, um, it's always a, I feel like it's a partnership. It's the patient plus provider equals a partnership. And um, so you have to put in the work. Yes, you're going to get a prescription. And yes, it's going to help control your condition. But remember, a lot of dermatology, I would say about, let's maybe say 60% of dermatology, we're dealing with chronic diseases, right? So you always have to do something. You always have to either put the work in and changing the lifestyle and then using the prescription product. And then maybe after three or four months, after we control the condition or six months, depending on what the condition is, then you go into what we call the maintenance phase, right? That maintenance phase, maybe you don't have to use that prescription product as often, but you still have to maintain what you've achieved. I almost give the analogy all the time is like when you go to the gym and you get your six pack um, and you were going to the gym for like five days a week or six days a week, you don't want to lose that six pack, right? So maybe you don't have to go five days a week anymore. Maybe you go twice a week or three times a week to maintain what you've achieved. And that's a similar thing that how we do in dermatology. I love that analogy. I think that makes so much sense. What is your beauty philosophy? Sure. I mean, I am, I'm kind of boring. <laughs> Girl, I'm so simple. Like, you know, some of my patients come in and be like, Dr. B, you don't even wear makeup. I'm like, yeah, because I don't know how to use it. It's just too much. So I do, like, I have a three to seven, you know, step process. I can't do the 10. I can't do the 12 step. Um, so for the, I love basics. I'm like a cleanser, moisturizer, sunscreen person. You know, I love this. I love Vaseline. So I put a little Vaseline on. Sometimes um, my sisters and I have a skincare line called Karate. So we have a lip balm. So I'll put a little lip balm on. If I'm going out, you may catch me do a little mascara, but I am just so, I'm basic. At night, I'll definitely use a retinoid because retinoids have really good benefits. Um, but that's about it. Okay. I can always get behind a basic routine. I, I definitely consider myself in that camp too. Uh, 
you know, this is a podcast where we do take beauty through the lens of well-being. So I also always love to ask, what is your well-being philosophy? I always say that I have to work out. I'm not like in my gym seven days or five days a week, but I always try to put in a little something like four days a week where I'm either spinning, running, doing a little yoga, because I really feel like exercise helps me de-stress and it just helps me put me in a really good mood. When I don't exercise, I am not the nicest person. So, and I also feel like it's my psychiatrist just because you know what, it puts you in a good mood, right? So it's like free psychiatry. You don't have to pay for it and you get an extra benefit, you look good. Um, so I love that. I also want, I also love eating good food, like food that puts me in a good mood. So egg whites, um, cashews and almonds, um, coffee is really good for you and, and without adding any sugar to it. So I look at what I'm eating like Monday through Friday. I try to be as wholesome as, po as, uh, as possible where I'm just looking at everything with its whole foods, not adding any additional sugar, just ingesting natural sugars into my body. On the weekends, I cheat. I have like brownies, I have ice cream, I'll have some pizza, but everything all in moderation. Absolutely. One thing that I noticed um, that is, uh, you know, very prominent on your website and very prominent in the way that you talk about dermatology and health is this idea that um, you want to build relationships with your patients. You know, you you said that you consider them lifelong relationships. You said that at the beginning of this episode. You know, when you were talking about working with your dermatologist, and that is one of my favorite aspects of beauty as well. You know, I love the community building aspect of beauty. Um, and so, you know, I just, I, I really share your passion with that. And so, you know, I'm curious, you know, why do you find that to be such a, an important pillar in your practice, in your, you know, your view of beauty? You know, what what is community's role in, in keeping ourselves, you know, healthy and well? You know, I think it's it's really it's a job staying healthy. It is so hard and it and it's very complicated. So a case in point, I had a patient last week who's, um, we're treating her for acne. She's been on Accutane, but she also has a history of hydranonitis separativa. So I had to call her endocrinologist. And so that was, you know, another, a phone call that took about 10 to 15 minutes, just trying to get that view on how to control her disease from an endocrinology standpoint. But then I had to call the patient back and give her the information about what the endocrinologist, when she went to see the endocrinologist, she didn't know why she had to do these tests, right? <laughs> so I had to call her back and say, hey, you know, these are the reasons why you're doing these tests, just to make sure you don't have fatty liver and to evaluate what you, whether you have sleep apnea. So it's just this whole, it's a community and it all, and it takes time. So I get why certain doctors close their panels because they really want to make sure that they're talking to all the different providers in order for their patients to stay healthy and to be able to navigate this jargon because guess what this medical jargon is so confusing even to me and i went to medical school so i can't even imagine to an individual because we might sound like charlie brown and then you have the stresses of the world and inflation and war. And it's just like, well, what do you, what do you do? How do you live? What do you choose? You know? So it's just, I think you need someone um, like almost like a health proxy, someone to help you navigate this journey in, in terms of staying healthy. And um, that's why I say it's a partnership. You, we just have to work together and you know, I don't have all the answers, 
but I think, and, and sometimes I'm always running behind <laughs> because I'm always talking about like staying and, you know, and, and I sometimes don't answer all the text messages that my patients get to, you know, ask me, but, you know, eventually I do get to everybody, but it, it just takes a while, you know, just to be able to help individuals and just making sure, I'm sorry, I mean, this is like a really long-winded answer here, but, um, but it's a beautiful answer and it's important to talk about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just really, it's a partnership and, um, you know, don't ever feel that you're bugging the doctor too much because again, it is your health, right? And health is wealth. Without you being healthy, you can't do anything. I mean, 1000%. Um, you are an acne specialist, I know. And um, you have an acne boot camp. And it is one thing that you know you definitely spend a lot of time working with patients about. And um, so let's talk about acne a little bit because you know this is something that I know a lot of uh, listeners deal with. I know it's something a lot of the Mind Body Green readers deal with. I know that it's something that I dealt with for years and years and years. So certainly this is a passion point for me too. Um, uh, the first question is kind of a basic question, but I think it sets the stage. Why is acne such a complicated thing to treat? <laughs> it is. Um, I think people don't realize that acne is a chronic inflammatory condition. So it's chronic, right? So we see babies who get acne and then we then see, then it's quiet for a little bit. And then when hormones start flowing, right, then we see our nine, 10 year olds, like I'm taking my kids, for instance, I'm seeing some comedones on their skin right now. Um, and then we see the teenagers, but then we see um, either persistent acne. So meaning that those individuals who had in their teenagers and it kind of persistent to their adult um, acne, or maybe we get late onset acne. So now we're seeing a lot of adults who are getting acne. And I think the reason why it's so complicated is because Number one, um, we're dealing with stress, you know, gets involved, right? Stress exacerbates acne, foods exacerbate acne, cosmetics, drugs. You know, I mean, the, tr the amount of triggers that exacerbate acne is quite long. So it's not just that one, like, it's just not just a follicular disease, right? I mean, that's the main portion of it, but there are all these um, triggers that are impacting that follicle that just complicates everything. And then there, there's not just one treatment. There's so many different treatments and you have to spend time talking about lifestyle, treatment, skincare, how to manage stress levels. So it's a long visit. You can't resolve it in one visit. So how do you approach the basics with clients and patients. Like say somebody comes in, they're a new patient, they're somebody who's interested in the acne boot camp, whatever it is. What are some of the basics you cover? Number one, be patient. <laughs> we ain't going to solve this in three months. We're going to, you know, cause I don't know what cocktail is going to work for you. Plus there's a lot of things that you need to work on. Remember I said, this is a partnership. I'm going to mention that there are certain foods that you can eat and for certain foods that you should not eat. And I'm going to give you that education, but it means that you need to take the time to read all your labels. So case in point, remember the example I gave you about the individual where I had to call the endocrinologist. She was eating foods with whey protein. She was eating these college students. So she was like, I just need, you know, I'm tired of eating my oatmeal with my strawberries on top. I needed something quick and easy because she's also an athlete. 
So we know that whey protein, which is a form of dairy, can impact um, acne. Um, so I had, we were looking at, I said, you need to make sure that you turn all your labels over when you're in the food aisle and read them to make sure they don't have certain ingredients. During these visits as well, it's not just about food, but it's also about maybe certain vitamins that could potentially trigger acne. Or So for instance, we know that B12 could potentially trigger acne. And if you get a lot of these gummies now that are over the counter, a lot of them have B12. It may not cause your acne, but it may just set, you know, just push it up a notch, you know? And so we just have to be mindful about what you are consuming. So it just takes, I think during these visits, it's just a lot of education. It's a lot of, it takes a lot of time. So I think a lot of patients just have to be patient. You know, you also work with a lot of women who have melanated skin, women of color. What are things that women of color should be more mindful of within the discussion of acne? Absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the key things is that um, that hyperpigmentation is really a big issue because obviously it shows up more our skin in terms of lighter skin types. In lighter skin types, you have more what we call erythema. So that's just redness. So we call it post-inflammatory erythema, PI, versus post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So for melanated individuals, number one, you don't want to pick at your acne because if you pick at your acne, you get hyperpigmentation. Um, number two, you know, wearing a sunscreen. A lot of melanated individuals do not wear sunscreen. So we want to recommend wearing sunscreen, number one, so that when the sun does hit your face, um, that way those, that pigmentation doesn't get darker. And um, then you uh, obviously become more self-conscious when those blemishes are more apparent. What are some of the most common mistakes that you see people make when they are trying to treat their acne? And maybe this is a case where you know, someone is just starting to see you and they've been trying to treat their acne on their own and they've made some missteps before, you know, they, they come to you. What, what are some of the common things that you see? The influences, the influences and the influences. Okay, Alex, girl, I cannot. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I think that's the problem. You know, we, we scroll really quickly. We see the before and after, but no one is talking about how you got from that before to the after, that journey, you know, and how many products or what kind of direction or expertise you got before that before and after. And you see that one product, you're like, ooh, let me jump to that. But then you're not waiting, right? You know, that three months to see the efficacy of that product. And I don't know if that product is necessarily good or not, right? We haven't evaluated the ingredients there. But it's the, again, we're going down to what you asked me before. What do you tell them the first, when the patient comes in the first time? Patience, right? Yeah. So I think the thing is not to be influenced. Have a expert in your corner, like either your esthetician or maybe your dermatologist and say, hey, you know what? Um, I saw this um, ad. What are your thoughts on this product? You know, can you break it down to me? Why would this be, why would this product be um, efficacious? How did they get from that before and after? Because we might be able to, and, I, and a lot of patients do this. They bring in their products with me. We sit down, 
we go through why X would be better than Y, take this out, let's simplify it. Remember going back to that minimalist routine. And then that way we can really improve this journey. And I always say, try to filter out the noise. There's a lot of noise out there. Yeah. You know, I do think it is, um, it's uh, an interesting dichotomy almost because people who have acne, I think are inherently more interested in skincare just because they feel that they are, you know, they have something that they're actively looking to treat, right? Um, and so, you know, you tune into the skincare, especially on the TikToks and the Instagrams, like you were saying, and it's really hard to, like you said, cut out the noise. It's, I find it, I personally find it challenging and, you know, I, I should know better. <laughs> you know, how do you talk to people about, um, you know, keeping the path and sticking with it and, you know, um, like you said, like cutting out the noise because it is challenging. You know, what sort of advice do you give to people? I always say that marketing is amazing, right? But you can't believe all the marketing. It really just comes down to the ingredient story. Um, I am, um, in addition to being a dermatologist, I'm also the director of dermatology for A-Frame Brands, where we provide solutions for melanated individuals. So I was behind Proudly Company, and I was also helped with the formulation for um, Kinlo for Naomi Osaka. And so, you know, I, I with that background of, coming up with ingredients and so and so forth. I try to talk to my patients about that. So we'll turn off, turn over their bottles with like shampoos and conditioners and even their facial products. I'm like, look, you have coconut oil here. Why do you think this is why your acne is not getting any better? Let's take that out. So it really comes down to ingredients, 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 just like when it comes down to your foods. So with the food, with your foods, it's all about ingredients, ingredients, ingredients. And that, and I really believe in this inside out approach, outside in approach in order to stay healthy. And one of my mantras is radiant skin is a lifestyle. You have to look at everything and be aware of everything. It's exhausting. So get some experts in your corner to help you <laughs> look through all of this stuff. <laughs> You're not wrong. It is exhausting, but I love that radiant skin is a lifestyle. Um, I think that's a, a beautiful sentiment. Uh, a little bit more on the inside-out approach, outside-in approach, stress. We kind of talked about it a little bit and how it seems to be ever-present <laughs> nowadays. Um, but what is stress's role in acne? Yeah, so stress increases your cortisol levels. And then as a result of that cortisol um, spike, then it's also activating the sebocytes, which are these oil glands in your skin and your keratinocytes, and they're making more androgens. And so because of that androgen spike, that's what's triggering some of this acne. So it's just like, and if, it, and if you don't manage your stress levels, whether it's breathing, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through exercise, then you're always going to have some form of acne. Whether it's, and acne is a spectrum. You don't always have to have um, these white heads and black heads, but you could have these cysts and everything in between. So it's really key to manage stress levels and that and managing stress levels also helps with other skin conditions. It is eczema awareness month. This is the last day. Um, so, but we just want to make sure that people are managing their stress levels there and with psoriasis and so forth. Yeah. What are some common um, ways that you advise people to explore in their stress management journey? Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of tools out there. Um, what are some of them that you recommend? 
You know, I, it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I tell people, get a massage. You know, if you can afford to get a massage on a monthly basis, we have um, several acupuncturists in my, um, just down the street from me. I'm like, I always mention doing that. The other day, um, one of my patients who comes in regularly for acne, she is a 45 year old and she believes in acupressure. So I was like, you know what, just put your finger, you know, right over here in between your thumb and your second digit. And whenever you're feeling a little stressed, just pinch yourself right over here. So acupressure, and which is, there's no cost to this, you know, you could do this whenever you're feeling stressed. And one of my mentors, um, Dr. Um, Apple, um, she always talks about 478 breathing, which she got from Dr. Andrew Weil. So we, you know, that's something I do. The other day I was yelling at my son, I'm like, 478 breathing. 478 breathing, <laughs> um, but I teach my patients for about four, seven to eight breathing as well. So there are a lot of things that you can pay for. And there are a lot of things that you can just do on your own to manage stress levels. We talked a little bit about adult acne and just, you know, how it feels ever present nowadays. And I do think stress obviously plays a role in that and just a lot of modern lifestyle factors. But, you know, I want to hone in a little bit more into adult acne specifically, what makes it different um, than the acne you might experience when you're a teen or one might experience when you're a teen? I think also, I think what makes a difference is the, the presentation on some of the lesions as well. Um, and then also we're dealing with hormones. Um, yeah, so, and also considering some of the drugs that some individuals might be taking that could potentially impact it. So um, besides like the lifestyle that you alluded to, we do need to take into account the presentation of some of, some of these lesions. Also um, the lifestyle of that individual, the medications that this individual might be taking. Um, I had a pa male patient, we don't really talk about men, but he was overweight. First time coming to me just last week, he said, well, why do I have acne all over my back? What's going on? So one, he's overweight. You mentioned that number number one, that his diet is impacting it, but he's taking testosterone. We all know testosterone exacerbates acne and he just didn't, he didn't even realize it. So it's just those little things there about looking at when a patient comes into the office, you don't just hand them a prescription. You really need to sit down with them and highlight and take into account their food intake, what medications they're on, and uh, their lifestyle in order to improve their condition. Talking about acne is um, ever present in the media and the beauty industry and you know influencer culture. Um, there's always new products out. There is always something like new hot tip to be said. So I'm curious what um, what things do you think the beauty industry is getting wrong? right now about acne? You know, what sort of myths do you want to debunk? Yeah, I think the myth is that it can't be solved in a gummy. <laughs> you know, a lot of my patients are like, oh my gosh, I saw this gummy and, you know, I, this person said that it like resolved their acne. So I'm just going to take the gummy, I'm not going to listen to you, and then I'm going to be good. And I'm like, no, boo-boo, it's not going to work like that. <laughs> Perhaps a gummy can help because it's improving maybe your gut health. You know, um, because some of these gummies do have some really gut friendly bacteria and improve the microbiome, but that's only a portion of the story there. So again, we have to take it. It's really individualized. One um, product is not going to solve everybody's acne. Yeah. 
you know, you mentioned microbiome. What is the role of the microbiome in acne? Because there's a pretty strong connection there. Yeah, for sure. You know, I know microbiome is one of your favorite topics. I talk about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to a lot of your podcasts. Um, so, the, you know, the gut microbiome is constantly talking to the skin microbiome. And we know that it's the key is just to diversify the gut microbiome to keep it healthy. Um, so I think the, one of the things is in order to feed that gut microbiome, you need to make sure you're constantly eating healthy foods rather than a lot of the processed foods and the sugary foods, um, because that will narrow narrow your gap of the, your diversity instead of diversifying that gap. Um, so that is the key there. And a lot of information, and we're still learning a lot about the cutaneous microbiome and the gut microbiome and its relationship to acne. It hasn't all been elucidated yet. So it's still being worked out. I think that's why I find it so interesting is there's just so much we don't know. And I just find that to be very exciting and intriguing, you know, just that you know, it's an area where we're just still expanding so much. And I just, I, I always find that um, very exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's also showing to the fact that, you know, we have the gut microbiome, the skin microbiome, but we also need to make sure that our skin barrier stays healthy too. So it's not just true for the acne with a lot of, and a lot of our acne medications are irritating, right? And then, but we have to keep the barrier healthy. And that it, it, that's why it, it's just it's just so confusing going back to your first question you know why is acne so difficult because you're like keeping the skin very healthy you're keeping the gut healthy you're keeping that you're trying to help with your mindset remember the gut skin mind access you got to keep everything healthy and you're just like ah, at the end of the day <laughs> Don't. I mean, totally. No, I think what you just said about the skin barrier is also so important because, you know, skin barrier health is vital for any, anyone, <laughs> you know, but it, it certainly does uh, play a role in acne. So what, what is that there? You know, how does the skin barrier influence acne and just skin health in general? For sure. Whenever there's that barrier disruption, right? Um, and there is an acne, when that barrier is disrupted, then it becomes more inflamed, and then therefore you promote more, and then that exacerbates the acne there. So that's why keeping a simple fly routine to try to keep that barrier healthy is key. Um, and then adding certain products at a certain time, and then also allowing your skin to um, rest because certain products like retinoids can irritate the barrier. So it's always important to just get a little rest day here or there and then apply your medications. But that comes with time and working with an expert to figure out how to do that. And we, and we may not get it right the first time. That's why it's important to stick with that dermatologist for a couple of months, you know, because one thing I always get frustrated is, oh, I went to this dermatologist for just one appointment. <laughs> And then I'm like, well, why didn't you follow up? Because, you know, with acne, it's a journey. It's going to take time. And we just have to make sure that we just be patient and get through that, you know, a couple of appointments before you see the benefit. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I want to ask about topicals. Um, I'm realizing we haven't even touched on topicals yet. <laughs> 
we spent so much on the inside out, outside in. Um, but let's let's break down some of your favorite topicals for acne. Yeah, I, you know what? I am. I love using a little bit of. You could compound for my adult acne. <clears throat> we could compound spironolactum because remember we said hormones are a factor. Um, so that's great. I think when we're dealing with adult acne, we also need to take into account pro-aging. You know, we are getting more, we have mature skin here. So a retinoid would be um, recommended. Obviously talking about how to use a retinoid, making sure you use a small amount, making sure you're um, you know, maintaining the health of the barrier as well while you're using the retinoid. Um, what else do I like? I like some of the encapsulated benzoyl peroxide products that are available now as well. So it's just, you know, looking at the individual, seeing what, how they're presenting, and then kind of putting a potpourri of different regimens or different prescription, topical prescriptions together to help niacinamide because niacinamide um, helps with pigmentation. That's also key as long as the patient's able to tolerate it. This is a new question that I'm asking, but I think it's kind of a fun one. What is your beauty hot take? Oh, yes, my beauty. I So sunscreen, 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 because I have melasma. So I am all about wearing sunscreen and also incorporating a retinoid. I can only tolerate a retinoid probably once, maybe twice a week, uh, just because it does irritate me a little bit. Um, so if you can incorporate a retinoid once to twice a week and then obviously wearing sunscreen 365 days out of the day, out of the year, not out of the day, out of the year, um, that would be key. I mean, I can't agree with you more. Sunscreen people. <laughs> okay. And the last thing that I want to talk to you about is how you take care of yourself. Um, you know, this is a all encompassing topic and we know that you take a lot of things into account when you work with your patients. So I, I assume that you have, you know, a, a same approach when you take care of yourself too, but why don't we start with your beauty routine? Um, you have a minimalist beauty routine, but let's go over it. What do you use for your skincare? Yeah. So for skincare, I just have a gentle cleanser. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually in the process of formulating my own products right now. So Everything that I have in my bathroom is from my lab right now. Um, just making sure I'm testing everything out. So it's just a gentle cleanser, moisturizer, and obviously sunscreen. But when it comes to my beauty routine, remember, it's all about trying to get at least seven hours of sleep. I always, you know, sometimes that's not always perfect. Sometimes it's only six. Um, working out four times a week, just for 30. If it's doing 20 minutes, that's great. 30, amazing. I'm really trying to work on um, stretching as well, because I think that some of us are so in a hurry that we forget to stretch. Um, eating wholesome foods as much as I can, because I think something that we don't talk about, Alex, and maybe that could be the next podcast, but we'll have to do it with like a gastroenterologist, because I'm not an expert, is to talk about, it's talking about pooping. Okay. You need to and you love the gut health. I do. We should. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's just like we you have to defecate at least twice a day. Like if you're not, you should be asking yourself, what is going on? What did I eat? And I think it's so important to look at your stools because it tells you so much about what you ate, you know, the day before or that morning. Yeah. So, you know, what is your typical diet look like? You know, how do you feed yourself? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, like during the week, because remember, that's when I'm the most healthy, when I'm the healthiest. I'm like in the morning, I'm eating nuts and almonds and cashews. And I'm, I have like some eggs and coffee without any um, sugar, um, lots of water throughout the entire day, um, tons of veggies and legumes throughout the day. I only eat fish. I don't eat chicken or meat. So that is like a typical day. And I try to eat a diversity of plants like Monday through Friday. I try to really do the 30. So I'm always looking at my uh, cilantro, my parsley, my herbs, my garlic, my onions and tomatoes. And I do like five a day. So if you do like five times six, you're like, wait, I got the 30. So it's really not too, too bad. And some people look at me with like 20 eyes, like how are you supposed to get 30 in a week? But when you count out like the bananas and blueberries that you're eating, that all counts. So it's not so, so bad. Okay. You also mentioned sleep. And I think sleep is a very important part of this conversation. And I, you know, I also love talking about sleep hygiene and how we can get better at it. I'm always looking for advice. Um, I mean, you're a doctor, you are a a mom, you're an entrepreneur. (laughs) It's a lot of stuff on your plate. Uh, How do you prioritize sleep? (laughs) Yeah, I always say, you know what, it's, trying to find harmony through everything, right? So, you know, the work will get done. It's just, it may not get done at that moment, but you need to sleep because otherwise you're crappy to the rest of the world. So if you can, I for some people who are only getting five or four hours of sleep, I say, try to go to bed at least 30 minutes before your normal routine and stay in bed another 30 minutes after you wake up just to get that extra hour in if you're having trouble sleeping. And then also, if you are having trouble sleeping, try to do that 478 breathing four times while you're in bed because it kind of helps reset. Because sometimes when I use a bathroom at 3 a.m., my mind starts, I start ruminating and I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to do this. this." uh, You need to sleep. It will get done. So that's why balance it. Okay. I think that's really good advice. Um, Well, thank you so, so much for joining me today. You uh, are just a wealth of knowledge and I just loved all of your advice. Um, How you approach this is just so similar to, you know, how we approach beauty and skincare and health here. And so it's just, it's so affirming to talk to somebody like you and to just, you know, get all of your uh, great advice and great tips. So thank you so, so much for joining me today. This was such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, anytime. Thank you so much, Alex. This was an amazing conversation and I'm going to be back for part two where we're talking yes. about. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think this is a great idea. What? I mean, let's do it. I am so on it. So this was great. Thank you so much for having me. I love your podcast. It's, it provides a lot of information for your, for the community. And I really advise that everyone should just tune in whenever they can. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.